You're about to hear a challenging message from Pastor Josh Burks at the Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago, Illinois. Do you believe that friendships matter? Do you believe that relationships are important? I know that God does. God created this incredible world, as we talked about a few weeks ago, and at the end of every creation, he says, it is good. He creates the light, and he says, it's good. Creates the sea, it's good. He creates animals, it's good. And then he creates man, and he says, it is not good. He actually says, it is not good that man should be alone. From the very beginning of time, it was important that man and women had friends, relationships, friendships, and Jesus thought the same thing. Most of Jesus' earthly life, he traveled around with 12 other best friends, doing life together. Friendships are important. We were created with a need, with a longing for community, for friendships, and I can think back to some of the very best friendships that I've ever made I found them at church. I met those friends at church, but those friends weren't formed and those relationships weren't created in a church pew or in a row. They were created in circles. They were created in the circle of sitting down and eating together, created in the circles of game night, created in the circles of just doing life together. And we think here at Ashburn that it is important that we have circles of people around us that encourage us, that challenge us, that motivate us. And we believe that relationships are important because it's true. One of the greatest gifts that life has to offer is friendships. It's friendships. And for more than 600 years, people have passed out these things called Valentine's cards. How many of you ever received or given out a Valentine's card? Anybody? Man, maybe you can remember back to elementary school when the pressure was on to come Valentine's Day. Mom would take me to the grocery store and I'd get to pick out a nice, beautiful box, a cool box of Valentine's Day cards. I'd get to go grab some candy and then when I went to school that day, I would pass out a Valentine's Day card to my classmates. And I remember as an elementary student, the pressure that came with Valentine's Day because I did not just want to give be mine to anybody. I wanted to be very careful with who I gave that Valentine's Day card to because I didn't want to send the wrong kind of signal because some people, you ain't mine. Like, I don't want you to be mine. And as an elementary student, I remember thinking back just the pressure and how stressful that could be. Valentine's Day is a tricky day. People's emotions are in play. You skip up to dating life and all of a sudden the Valentine's Day game changes a lot. Like now you're not just going around giving Valentine's Day cards with Darth Vader on them to anybody. You are giving Valentine's Day gifts to a single person. Showing all of your affection to just one person. And you can actually see every single year around February 14th relationships being defined. People defining their relationship, like are we boyfriend, girlfriend? Are we going to soon be engaged or are we just friends? And you can usually tell by the gift that's given in that relationship. Life is so much more than just like one, more, one relationship though. See, I believe that life is made up of a lot of relationships. Sure, you have relationships with that significant other, but what about your relationship with God? 
What about your relationship with your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, people in your life? You see, life is made up of relationships. And when you boil these relationships down all the way to their core, guess what you find? Friendship. Friendship. A British publication company once offered a prize for whoever could come up with the best definition for what it meant to be a friend. And here were some of the answers. One who, one who multiplies joys, divides griefs, and whose honesty is inviolable. How about this one? One who understands our silence. Those of you who are close to me understand that when I'm silent, it means I'm hungry. I'm hungry. A volume of sympathy bound in cloth. A watch that beats true for all time and never runs down. Here was the winning definition. A friend is the one who comes in when the whole world has gone out. But what does the Bible say about our friendships? What does the Bible say about our relationships with each other? Well, over the next few weeks, we're going to discover what God says about our circles about what God intended them to look like and how we are supposed to be the kind of friend that God expects us to be. But this morning, we're going to define the relationship. We're going to de define some relationships in this morning through Proverbs chapter number 18. So if you have your Bible, open them up to there, Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to check out one verse, verse 24. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. We're going to throw it up on the screen. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 24. A man that wants friends must show himself friendly, and I love the ending, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'm going to pause here for just a moment because we are here this morning because of a single man. Some people call him King of Kings. Some people call him Lord of Lords. Some people call him the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Some people call him the Savior of the world. Some people talk about his miracles and his incredible works. And some people talk about how he died on the cross to save all of mankind. And he goes by tons of names like provider and healer. And he goes by, by names such as the one who can bring all healing. And he goes by so many names. But you know what name I'm so glad today that I can call this man? Friend. Friend, man, I'm so glad today that Jesus is interested in me, that Jesus wants to befriend me. And I want you to know today that maybe you have some relationships that have failed. Maybe you have some friends that have bailed. Maybe you've had some friendships that have failed. I want you to know that there's a friend who's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He loves you so much that he died for you, giving his life up for you. That is a friend who is never going to fail. And I want you to know today that Jesus is a friend to you. He's a friend to you. And in the beginning of that passage, I love it. It says, if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. Friendly. The word friend there is a Hebrew word called reya. It means one who loves, a companion, a comrade, a neighbor. And we must not go through life without friends. We can't. Man, as I look out through this room today, I see so many friends People who I just love doing life with. If you know Elias, the guy who's leading worship up here in the front row, you want to be friends with Elias because Elias can cook. Man, and you'll notice a common trend with me, man. I, all you got to do is cook the Hadads. Man, the Hadads can cook. You want to be my friend. All you got to do is feed me, man. That's it. That's all it takes. But we got to have friends in life. And I, just this past week, we had two friends coming and visit us, Travis and Tess. Maybe you saw them. They kind of sat in the back there. We took a picture with them. It was on Instagram and Facebook. These were some of our very best friends, but we haven't seen each other in person 
in like three or four years. It had been several years since I saw those friends, but the minute they pulled into my driveway just to come visit this church plant, they pulled in and it was like old times again. It was like we didn't miss a beat. Like we started talking about old times. We started talking about future. We sit down, we ate the greatest pizza on the planet, Chicago deep dish pizza. And then we sat around and it was just like nothing had changed. Do you guys have any friends like that? Where maybe you don't see each other for a while, but the minute you do, it's like nothing ever changed. I am so grateful today for friends because friends are important. There's no doubt about that. But something so important, it's got to have some guidelines. It's got to have some important guidelines. And I believe that the, the Bible gives us some important guidelines when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our circle. And today I want to take a look at just two of them. Two guidelines when it comes to your circle. First of all, we must be generous with our friendships. We must be generous with our friendliness friendships. Check this out. Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. God says, hey, if you want friends, you know what you got to do. Be friendly. We must be generous with our friendliness. Do you know why? Because when we're friendly, we gain friends. When you and I are friendly, we gain friends. And there have been many times in my pastoring over the past several years where people would come up to me and be like, I have no friends. Man, I'm miserable. People in my life keep bailing. And you give them some great reason like, hey, you're loved here. And that's true, you are. And, and you're, you're important to us. And that's true, you are important. But sometimes you know what I just want to say? You ain't got friends because you're not friendly. <laughs> Like, you don't have friends because you're not a very friendly person. And I believe that here at Ashburn, we should be a group of friends because we should be a friendly group. People that care about each other, that invest in each other, that care about the lives and what's going on in each person's life. Because God says that when we live our life in a friendly manner, we gain friends. How many of you could use a friend today? Be friendly. Be friendly. We must be generous with our friendliness, first of all, because when you're friendly, you gain friends. Secondly, and I like this one a lot, you got to be generous with your friendliness because God puts no limit on it. God doesn't put a limit on your friendliness. He just says, be friendly. He doesn't say be friendly to people who attend Ashburn. He doesn't say be friendly to people who look just like you. He doesn't say be friendly to the people you like, be friendly to the people who you get along with, be friendly to the people who pull for the socks and not the cops. He just says be friendly. Be friendly with everybody that you come in contact with. So why in the world do we so many times put a cap on our friendliness? Like when we're hanging out with people we like, we're super friendly. But when you put us in a situation where we don't know people, like we kind of wall ourselves off. I heard a story recently of a guy named Charles Plum. He was a U.S. Navy jet pilot in Vietnam. He had 75 successful combat missions until his plane was destroyed from a surface-to-air missile. He ejected his plane, parachuted down to the ground. He was actually found. He was found captive, and he parachuted into enemy hands. He survived that ordeal, though, and now he gives several lectures and motivational talks about that very day. One day, Plum was sitting in a restaurant with his wife, and when he was sitting there having a conversation with her, her a man came up to his table and said, you're Plum, you're Plum, you were in Vietnam, you were on this ship, and you flew this plane, and on this day, your, your plane was, was hit, and you ejected, and I was the one who packed your parachute. 
He couldn't believe all the detail and all the times that they spent together. A man who he'd never met, he said, hey, I guess it worked. Plum assured him it sure did. Man, if your shoot didn't work, I wouldn't be here today. But later that night, Plum couldn't sleep at all. He couldn't get any rest because the entire time he was trying to remember that man. What did he look like in the navy blues? What did he look like with the bib and the hat? Where was he positioned? Where did he spend his time? Who was he friends with? He could not picture him. Plum now tells that story across the world. And when he finishes it, he says, who's packing your shoot? Because for months and months and months, this man was packing his parachute, literally saving his life, and they never had a single conversation, even though they were on the same boat. Hey, I wonder today, church, who's packing your parachute that you're not giving any attention to? Who's the person in your life that you try to avoid? Who's the person that you try to stay away from? Who's the person you kind of just forget about? But they're packing your parachute physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Who is it in your life that needs you to be just a little bit more friendly? Like the people that you pass by in the street. The person who bags your groceries. The person who pumps your gas. Or the person who stands behind the Walmart teller booth and tells you to have a good day. The person who walks into Ashburn for the very first time. Who is it that we need to be just a little bit more friendly to? You know, Lewis Center did a leadership training and survey for the top reasons why people don't return to church. The top reasons, and there were so many reasons, but guess what one of the very top reasons were for people not coming back? Unfriendly church members. Let that sink in. Because it could be that somebody walks through these doors for the very first time and they won't get saved because you weren't friendly to them. Let that sink in. Somebody could walk through this door who needs Jesus more than ever, but they won't come back because you didn't say hello. God is very specific. He does not put a cap on our friendliness. He says, be friendly with everyone. Be ye kind one to another. It doesn't matter the color of their skin. It doesn't matter their background. It doesn't matter their education. It does not matter where they come from and where you come from. All that matters is that they are created in the image of God, and we are commanded to be friendly. Understand that today, church. Because when we're friendly, we're gained friends. When we're friendly, God puts no limitation on it. And lastly, because it breaks down barriers. Breaks down barriers. Do you understand today that we are living in a world that is filled with walls? Filled with barriers. Democrats, Republicans. Pro-life, pro-choice. You can go all the way down and continue to talk about all the divides, social, economical, spiritual divides that are facing our world today. Do you know what breaks down more walls than anything else? Friendliness. Just being friendly. One of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard is, kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. And that's a spiritual quote. It's actually coming from Proverbs chapter 25 and 21, where the wisest man in all the world, King Solomon, says this. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, 
Give him water to drink, for by doing it, you are going to heat burning coals on his head, and the Lord's going to reward you. Solomon says, hey, you meet the needs of your enemy. Be friendly to the person who hates you. If he's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, because by doing that, you're going to be killing him with your kindness. You're going to be breaking down barriers. You're going to be ripping down walls, and God's going to reward that. That's advice that my mom gave me from the time that I was a little kid. Man, I remember those bullies that you would face in elementary school, and perhaps some of you can remember those too. And she'd say, kill those bullies with kindness. Man, be kind to them. Love them. Be friendly to them. Kill them with kindness. And so I'd pack extra gushers in my lunch to make a friend with the bully, right? You know what's crazy, though, is bullies actually follow us into our adult life too. That bully boss... That bully neighbor, that person who absolutely drives you insane. You know, someone said once that hurting people hurt people. And what if the only Jesus that they're ever going to see is you? The Jesus that's living inside of you, Christian. Man, I think it's important today that we kill people with kindness. Man, we just combat them with kindness. We come at them with love, and we are just generous with our friendliness. It doesn't matter who they are and where they come from. We here at Ashburn Baptist Church are going to be a friendly group of people because the first guideline that we find in the Bible is be generous with your friendliness. But the second thing I think is really important, and I want to just talk about it for a moment today, be sparing with your friends. Got it? Be generous with your friendliness. Be sparing with your friends. In other words, be friendly to everybody, but don't be friends with everybody. Invest in anybody and everybody that you can, but don't just let anybody invest in you. To teach this, I want to show you biblically what that means. So if you have your Bible, open them up to 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel 13. This is one of the saddest stories in all the Bible when it comes to friendships. 2 Samuel 13, verse 1, the Bible says this. Now Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister. Her name was Tamar. And after some time, Amnon, that's David's other son, loved her, his sister. And Amnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a, what's that last word? Friend. Amnon falls in love with his sister. <laughs> Clearly something wrong there, something sinful there. He's fighting these sinful thoughts. He's sick at his stomach. He's maybe even come to a place where he knows he can't do anything with, with that. He needs to fight that sin. But then the Bible says Amnon has a friend. And that friend tricks Amnon into sleeping with his sister. And Absalom, his brother, becomes so angry that he goes out and kills we understand today that all, that all started with a bad friendship. It all started because Amnon had a bad friend. And we've already talked about it today. God has commanded us to be kind with everybody, to love everybody, to invest in everybody, to be friendly to all. But we must not be friends with everybody. 
In fact, I think we should be pretty picky when it comes to who we're gonna allow to invest into our life. We should be pretty picky about the friends that we have in our circle. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've seen somebody with so much potential for God do nothing because they had a bad friend. Bad friend. And maybe there's somebody here today who has a friend who's leading them to do some things they shouldn't do. Maybe you've got a friend that takes away from the glory of God. Maybe you've got a friend that pushes you in directions that you should not go. Can I say that you should be friendly to them, but they should not be in your circle. Don't let them invest into you. That friendship is toxic. Just like Amnon, it will destroy you. When I worked in Greenville, Texas, there was another local pastor who pastored a church right down the road. When we got there, that pastor actually ended up in a coma, and he was there for several months, and the story stuck with me. See, this pastor was a beekeeper. He had several boxes of beehives, and he would actually actually extract the honey as like a side hustle. He'd sell it. He wore a suit for safety, but one day that suit malfunctioned. Bees began pouring into his safety outfit and stung him several times. And what's crazy is that's not why that man went into a coma. That man went into a coma because he was allergic to bees. And I think that's a crazy picture of how so many of us maybe are living our lives right now. We have something in our life that is dangerous to us. We have a friend in our circle who is toxic to us, but we feel like we're in a pretty safe place. Can I just say it just takes one day, one moment, one decision for that friendship to destroy you spiritually. We need to be very careful with who we allow into our circle because friends are so very important. Choose your friends wisely. Choose friends who are passionate about Jesus, friends who are full of character. Make sure you're careful with who's in your circle. Be generous with your friendliness. Be sparing with your friends. Hey, I wanna give you two final thoughts and we're done. The first thought is this, have the right kind of friends. Go through in your head right now and decide this friend's good, this friend's good, this friend's good. You're gonna continue being friendly to everybody, but the people that you allow to invest into you, you're gonna be very careful. Secondly, be the right kind of friend. I hope today that if somebody is running your name through their mind that they say, John, oh yeah, John, John's a man of character. <laughs> John loves Jesus. John's a man I need in my circle. Elias, Elias, that's a man of faith. Elias is a man I need in my circle. Kara, that's a girl I need in my circle. Sarah, that's a person I need in my circle. I hope that you are the right kind of friend and if you're not, can be. We're going to continue to talk about that in the next few weeks, but for right now, let's define our relationships. Thank you for listening. If you don't already have a church home, please join us for one of our upcoming worship experiences. We would love to connect with you. Ashburn is a wonderful community where you can grow in faith. You can follow us at ashburnbaptist.chicago or visit at 3647 West 83rd Street, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you.